0: This is the Village Church Q&A Podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Welcome to the Village Church Q&A Podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and I am in the studio with Bethany Michelle Thomas. And Bethany Thomas is um, our Director of Communications and Connections at the at the Village Church. And uh, today we're going to be interviewing her. Bethany, are you ready? Yes. All right. But before we get to the interview, we have three asks for our audience. Number one is would you submit a question? Bethany, what are the two ways that somebody can submit a question?
0: You can submit a question on our website on the homepage, and that is www.vcob.org. Or you can submit a question on our new Village Church mobile app, and that will also be on the first page when you log into that. Awesome.
1: And we would also love them to share this. Uh, You can share it with your family, your friends, somebody you don't really like at all, and uh, we'd appreciate that. And then finally, rate and review. Bethany, why do we rate and review podcasts?
0: Well, when you give us five stars, which you're going to go do right after Woo! you listen to this, then we will show up in more people's searches when they search for us or search for a church or a podcast that they're looking for. So Awesome.
1: Thank you for that. All right. So, Bethany, let's get into the conversation. So you are, as we said, the director of communications and connections. So let's talk about connections. What does it mean that you're the director of connections? What do you do? How does it work? Et cetera?
0: Connections ministry is really a first impressions ministry um, to start out, and that's from when you pull into our parking lot to when you enter the doors and the bulletin you get and how you feel greeted. Um, That's really what the first impressions ministry is, so I am over that ministry, which we have a wonderful um, director who does that. And then um John Tuck episode yes.
1: one hundred and something on Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: Yes, he's very great. Um and then connections also I'm responsible basically once people enter in those front doors and they want to take a next step, I help take people from that next step until I pass them off to Tim, our discipleship pastor, once they become members. So awesome. it's all that in between.
1: Very cool. So the moment I walk through the, I I pull onto the parking lot to the moment where I became a member, I become a member. um, I'm under your responsibility and your job is to make it as easy and helpful as humanly possible. You also have a process in connections of vetting, right? Because you oversee the membership class and the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And so talk to us a little bit about um, how you oversee that, what you look for, because you can't just become a member if you show up at Village Church. So tell us a little bit about that process from your perspective where you sit.
0: So it's important to us that – people who become members at the church who are committing to basically serve there and be a part of the community, that they really understand the gospel message since that's the forefront of who we are as a church. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to know that they know how to communicate it, that they understand the gospel, and so there's a process for that. And then we also want to know, are they coming from another church? Did they leave there on good terms? Um, are they free to join another church? Yeah. That's really important. And then just what are their views on church membership? What does it mean to them? Are they committing to to give, to serve, to do outreach with us, to yep. bring people to church? Um, all the things that that are what it looks like to be a connected person at the church. And so we just really we have to vet those things because we want to know that everybody who is signed up in our membership is really passionate about our mission and what we're passionate
1: about. So all of our all of our new members have to or potential new members have to turn in their testimony. So what are the, some of the things you look for in their personal written testimony?
0: For us, and this has been interesting to watch because unless we make it really clear, a lot of people tend to give certain parts of the gospel message but not all of it. So yep. we really want to know from start to finish what happened from when God created um, human beings to the fall Mm -hmm. all the way to when Jesus rose again and what that means for them. So they really have to give a statement of faith that's accurate with what we believe that the Bible teaches us. Mm -hmm. So it's that, and then just the points of when they, what their life was like before Christ, when they met Christ and how um, life has changed since then. It's really, We love seeing that too.
1: So you also get to oversee our communications, and this is everything, everything that we put out as a church and our internal communication systems. And so just talk to us a little bit about what what does communications look like at the Village Church? What are some of the biggies that you really spend a lot of time on?
0: Yeah, so since I became communications, I have focused a lot on our website and done a lot of changes there. I think we've gone through two website overhauls since I came on staff which was has been really exciting and fun the app that's new that was a big thing that we undertook that was really important to us and then um, we've been working really hard in the last year basically on social media and going to people where they are which is on social media a lot (laughs) if you didn't notice (laughs) yeah and meeting them there yes (laughs) and meeting them there where they're at so going out to them kind of in an outreach communication format yep And then I also do some of the bulletin stuff and some of the other communication as well.
1: So So what are some of the internal communication projects that you've been working on? I know there's like a gajillion software opportunities, but internal communication is absolutely pivotal if you're going to have a unified, growing, healthy church.
0: Mm -hmm. Internal communication. So things that we're constantly evolving and working on are are how we communicate within the body. And Mm -hmm. so that's our bulletin. We just put out a new bulletin. Our emails that we send out weekly, how do those need to change? I'm constantly looking at other churches. What are they doing? What's working? What's not working? And then how we communicate to people on Sundays. So that's pulpit communication. And then just helping ministries learn how to best communicate their events and promote stuff. And
1: And then there's what is like the underbelly of in-church communication, which is how do we schedule, how do we um, uh, designate, or what do you call it, pick rooms that we want to use. What's the word on the schedule? Reserve (laughs) rooms, you know, how do we keep track of members? How do we keep track of queues or quays, whatever you call (laughs) (laughs) it. Process queue. queue. I like to call it quays. (laughs) I don't know why, but that just makes sense in my brain. And uh, so as as you can just see, and what I, I think I want people to hear just as you talk is, Uh, communication is central to any relationship that's healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you have a husband and wife or two friends who don't know how to communicate and be heard and then also respond, I mean, communication is not just one way. It is a two-way conversation. And we're having, you're facilitating two-way conversation on building use. You're facilitating two-way conversation on um, uh, uh, social media, on email, Mm -hmm. and there's what we tell. And then there's how we hear. And communications is about, constant, ongoing dialogue. So you might get up front, not you, but somebody might get up front and say, hey, we have this event. You need to sign up. And so they get to respond, and then you respond to them with confirmation, mm-hmm. and then they respond with uh, questions. And it's a constant, ongoing dialogue. But if communication is only one way, then we're just basically dictators saying, here's what you do. I think you've done a really masterful, amazing job at creating a two-way dialogue on every single level of the church, from the underbelly of scheduling to the communication from. Church to to leaders and leaders to church to social media on the world huge huge job um, how has becoming a mom uh, changed uh, your personal just schedule because communications is weird because mm-hmm. social media is all the time you know right um, so how has it changed that and then what are some things that you've personally done to schedule a little bit better um, some tools or resources that you use
0: mm-hmm well, it definitely has shifted, and by season, I've had to be creative with using different tools to remind myself because everybody that has a young child knows when you don't sleep, like your brain is frazzled a lot. Yeah. So I have to put a lot of precautions into place to know that I'm gonna do what I say I'm gonna do on certain days, mm-hmm. and um, so I'll use a lot of uh, just use the reminder app on my iPhone or other reminders on my email or to ask other people to remind me or send me an email this week mm-hmm. so that I remember it. And so some of that stuff is putting stuff where normally I just remembered everything. Yep. Just you could tell me on Sunday, and I'll remember it during the week to do it.
1: And then kids changed everything. Right. <laughs>
0: yes. You have to be, you have to just protect yourself a lot more. Yep. Um, so I use a lot of reminders and then I use some scheduling tools specifically for social media. Often I'll use either Buffer. Or I used to use Hootsuite. So I'll use some of those tools to yep. schedule. I like to plan and prepare. Um, I know it sounds silly because I'm in communication and technology, but I like to prepare stuff out on paper mm. so I can look at it in a calendar and then I'll go put it all online or do stuff like that. So I just like to plan ahead, think through my week and just figure out when I can do stuff the best right. way. So
1: Very cool. Mm-hmm. So we have uncovered, uh, obviously, bulletins and newsletters from the Village Church and the... 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, and you grew up at Village, so mm-hmm. you firsthand watched it, but you do see it from a different lens when you're responsible for communications. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the major cultural shifts as, as we just find these, these documents, we open them up and we look at them, like what are some of the major shifts in communication? Uh, and I want you to imagine that you have a church member or a pastor of a different church listening, mm-hmm. uh, like speak to them a little bit, like hey, here, here's how some things have changed, and if you don't get this, you're missing the boat on communications
0: well I said to my husband when I was thinking through this question beforehand that the first thing that stuck out in my mind was that they used a lot of clip art <laughs> yeah that's true and so maybe some of you listening had used to work in the church at that time when clip art was really cool but it's not as cool anymore so that would be my number one suggestion stop, is using, to clip stop using clip art
1: everywhere all the um,
0: time but the other thing I think if I think about those newsletters it was very like content driven mm-hmm. and um paper. So people were getting stuff on Sunday mornings in paper mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a lot of content and didn't have as much to do with the look. It was well-written, so mm-hmm. that hasn't changed. I don't think communication standards in yep. writing have changed very much. But the way things are formatted and the way they look is different. And then the biggest thing nowadays is that just the paper on Sunday morning, that's such a small piece of how people receive information. Yep that if that's the only thing you're doing, then you're missing a lot of people. Yep. You'd be surprised. We will send something out. We will put it in the bulletin. We will send it out in an email. We will have it on rotating screens on yep. Sunday morning, and somebody will give an announcement, and someone will still miss it. It's amazing. So you have to hit them from every single avenue that yep. they might be listening or watching yep. because you want to make sure you communicate to everybody and yep. how they're receiving communication.
1: And it's not because they're negligent. It's because right. we are literally bombarded with a mm-hmm. thousand messages. That's not an exaggeration. A day between radio, TV, social media, et cetera. Everybody is trying to bombard. So we have to break through that insanity with something mm-hmm. that is more meaningful, more beneficial, more personal. Uh, no pressure. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, Coca Cola wants our people to spend their money on um their drinks starbucks wants our wants people to spend money on coffee we want people to be generous to local outreach and mm-hmm. with their time and with their energy and to serve people i mean it's very different missions and we really believe that what we're doing brings more life
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, have your coffee and let that energize your ministry and right. your generosity <laughs> yeah. can i get an amen <laughs> um, so I, you know what i think is interesting is uh you're hitting what you're what you're talking about here is that the digital world has opened up multiple opportunities because in the 80s and 90s, there was not the same capacity for a digital medium. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Really, what they had was paper. Right. What's also interesting is that there was a lower value for design. Mm -hmm. So talk to people who are listening just about the expectations or even the mandates of design on the consumer.
0: Yes. I think something that has taken a huge cultural shift is that People will look at the things that you put out, and if they look nice and they have a nice design, that will affect how they read it Mm. or whether they read it at all. So, if it has bad design, a lot of people, some people won't even read that. Piece of material or they'll skip over your website if it's bad they'll click and look at it yep. if it doesn't look nice they're not gonna even visit your church yep. so it's shifted and it's interesting because you have to catch on and it's not just because we want things to look pretty or to look cool even though that's nice and i think god values creativity and he yep. values and then, things that look nice but i think we have to do it because that's a first step to also winning people for christ yep. i think is that we put out excellent content And it draws people in, and then they can hear the gospel message. Yeah, so do you
1: remember when we did our first website revamp? In the first year, um, the comments that people had were, we went to a bunch of churches' websites, and they stunk. Yours was awesome and helpful, so we basically visited Village Church. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's a hyper-simplification, but that is the narrative that we have heard, I would say, hundreds of times since 2011 or 12, since we did our first website Mm -hmm. revamp. And for better or for worse, like I've told pastors this all the time, if your website stinks, you're unhospitable and you're pushing people away. It may not be intentional, but that's what you're doing. And one of the most generous, kind, hospitable things that we can do for new visitors is have a beautiful simple and compelling website. It's totally worth the money. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, you know, when you first came on, you're like, we, like we were all in agreement, like this has to happen. Yes. And uh, not only that, but you did other things like you, you were really pivotal in creating spaces. So for example, we had a library and a bookstore that wasn't really being used and you created it and turned it into a cafe. It was really an awesome project, which has become years later, one of the central hangout places um, in our church. Mm -hmm. And it's been one of the most meaningful you know, places for people to be together and talk and engage and and so I, I appreciate how you have transformed communication digitally, experientially, visually, interpersonally. And I tell people this all the time. I may be up front the most, but you you hold the church together in communication and connection with each other. It's a profound, profound, awesome job um, that you have. And I also think you could be also one of the most scrutinized. I don't think you are. God's grace. But because <laughs> your hand is touching everything that mm-hmm. people are seeing, um, you could be one of the most criticized persons in the church. Praise God you're not because mm-hmm. you're doing a great job. So why is your job pivotal to making disciples, particularly in the 21st century?
0: I think it goes back to the same thing where we really have to go out and meet people with where they're at. People are busier nowadays than they ever were. And they're they're spending their time differently. And so how do we invade that time? And since a lot of that is digital, I think that people are spending more time than ever on their phones or tablets or computers that we have to go out into that space and purposely go after them Mm -hmm. in order for them to really become the disciples that they need to be becoming. And so I think, yeah, taking that step into the digital realm where people are, that's the number one way nowadays that we can really make Effective disciples.
1: Yeah, and you know my rant. My rant is from the smallest of children to the technology, though it may be different to 80s and 90-year-olds, Right? we need to invade their digital lives. Mm -hmm. We have to do it. And if we don't do it now, we're going to lose them later. It is utterly essential because it is the new heart language of culture. And it's not just young people. I mean, when grandmas and grandpas have iPads now, um, the demand of technology is moving itself up into 60s, 70s, 80s, or Mm 80-year-olds because they're realizing... If I'm going to communicate with my children, I need to learn to text. I need to be on Facebook. I need to learn how to use these mediums. I appreciate that you have been so... Um, supportive and taking the lead on creating, uh, we just call digital shareable, helpful platforms across our church and supporting those. Um, And that's our goal, make disciples. So thank you for doing an awesome job. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, I look forward to having you back tomorrow because you're going to be with um, three of our four female staff and we're going to have a little round table about what is it like to work in a church, to be a female woman in the church and uh, yeah, it should be fun. So thank you for joining us. Any final words you want to say to, our Village Church
0: um, I think audience. I just want to cure, um, encourage people, excuse me. Um, cure that, people? <laughs> <laughs> I want, to cure, I want people. to cure people. I want to encourage people, really. Um, some of the podcasts I've listened to on social media, the thing that has stuck with me the most that has empowered me to go out and to meet people with where they're at is they talk a lot about how Jesus says we need to be the salt and the light of the mm. earth and you can only be salt and light if you're going into the dark places. Mm. So in social media and in all these communication realms, it can be so dark. And so I think sometimes we wanna avoid it, but that's where we need to be light the most. Yeah. And so for people who kinda wanna avoid those things, because of darkness that's where they can shine really the brightest and so that's what the church has to do mm-hmm. so we have to go and invade and so we have to stay culturally relevant yep. because we want to invade the darkness with light
1: amen so. couldn't say it better thank you bethany appreciate mm-hmm. you and uh, i want to invite our listeners back tomorrow when we have a round table discussion with deborah jim papa bethany thomas and lydia dawson we'll see you then